Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast. January 12th, and? 2015. Had to take a pause there. Sorry, a little preoccupied here at the beginning of the Gridiron Stud Show. It's a Tuesday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. I'm here. Emil Calamino is here. And we are going to be joined by Hall of Famer Warren Sapp here in about 15 minutes. I'm sure he'll have some opinions on last night's game, the uh, NFL playoffs that have begun, and uh, what is to come in the NFL playoffs this weekend. That's what's on the docket here for us today. Uh, if you want to call into the show, the number is the same. It's 347-633-9365, as it was so um, creatively wrapped into the intro of this song. I hope you folks didn't miss that. But again, it's 347-633-9365 if you want to call or talk to the host, which is Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino. We don't take phone calls while Mr. Sapp is on, because if you've listened to Tuesdays with Warren Sapp, um, you'd be lucky to get a word in edgewise, and that's why we love Warren Sapp. Yeah, okay. you know, you, you paused there at the beginning. Are you are you watching the national anthem again from last night's game? Are you, you have that on like a loop or something? I mean, if you got to search that hard for a nipple, I really think it's a not. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Either yeah, well, yeah. If you, first of all, if you have to search that hard for one, you're not using Google the right way. Okay. I, I mean, quite honestly. Um, you know, but nothing like some celebrity boobage, I guess. Uh, some people had something to say about it. Uh, I've noticed this about and Twitter in particular. There's just so much celebrity hate. It's absolutely unreal. I just searched any celebrity's name, and the majority of the comments about said celebrity are going to be negative in nature. It's like society just really wants everyone to sit on the couch and pick their boogers all day like they do. Like, come on, man. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with it, just so we're clear. No, I'm sure you did. Um, but there were quite a few people who I'm just did. That, I'm just that sort of swell guy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just very awesome and high of you. One person in particular who had a problem with it was Bonnie Bernstein. Remember her? Bonnie Bernstein. Vaguely, I always mix up Bonnie and Hannah Storm, all the originals. Like I, you know, I, I Hannah's tall. I remember that, and Bonnie, I kind of forget, but I know the name. Hannah Storm. Well, not not. Listen, I'm not very good at remembering famous people's faces. Like when I watch something with Denise, like a movie. I mean, I yeah. think actresses or other people. I'm terrible like that. I I don't care. I mean, you know. 
Okay. Well, nevertheless, Bonnie decided to uh, tweet out that Sierra, uh, I love you and all that, but you need to cover up. There's children watching the college football national championship game. Hey, Bonnie, <laughs> I hate to break this to you. In this day and age of the uh, internet, you know that thing created by Al Gore. Oh, is that the internet or the internets? Because Bush said there was several, according to the way he. We could we could go with what Bush said or what the rest of the. Okay, overall. the internets. Let's pretend we're on the internets. I'm I'm thinking they saw more than what they saw last night on uh, yeah, when they if, were home. If you saw a millimeter of a boob, I'm telling you, um, no kids affected. But I get where she was coming from. She's trying to keep some purity out there. I got you, Bonnie. Um, she was quickly shot down by several about it. But you know why she was shot down? She's a celebrity saying something about another celebrity. So while they were while they were jumping on top of uh, Sierra's head for whatever reason, her vocals weren't right, she didn't look right, whatever the hell they came up with, Bonnie came out and then they hopped on Bonnie. So uh, Did little, she sing? She did. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> Damn, man. That got lost on me. <laughs> Good grief, I didn't God. care about that part. Well, Russell Wilson wants you to get your eyes off of his lady and keep your mind on the NFL playoffs and the Seattle Seahawks, who are trying to bump off the mighty Carolina Panthers coming up this weekend. But before we jump into any kind of NFL talk here in our first segment, let's talk about last night's game. Hey, hey, partner, you and I nailed that game, did we not? I mean, the only thing that didn't happen that we – um, kind of called out for, I think I called out for it more than you, is that the game being decided by a barefoot guy, usually a kicker. Um, yeah, I felt a little cheap, but the more I thought, you know, about the back door with 12 seconds left, but I didn't really feel that cheap because I felt that that would be opened, Might first of all. Secondly, mm-hmm. I kind of felt that the way Alabama went in the front door on the on the other side of that, you know, with four minutes left and they throw a screen to this tight end, He's not supposed to get down to the 20-yard line. I mean, that's not supposed to happen on second and 13. So hey, he he really really turned on the juice. Now, didn't he? He just completely turned on the juice going on that sideline. That well, kid made James some money said, last night, by the way, because he can run. He no made some money. I, last night. I mean, he was going to make his money anyway once he got to the NFL Combine and started doing all that stuff. Um, he was he's a well kept secret because he was not he's not a guy that had been featured in Alabama's offense and um you know he would he'd be that guy that would go out and go through these workouts and just totally freak everyone out and probably get picked maybe higher than a tight end is supposed to get picked but nevertheless kudos to him showing up in this big game like this and and getting things done well wait help me through the way this works because there's a couple things that bothered me in that game um and and I guess I'd like to ask you as a coach and former player Mm -hmm. On the two defensive breakdowns, now I understand that, you know, Alexander was out, okay, and they have a kid in the game who's not Alexander. I get that. Mm-hmm. I also get the kid got recruited to play football at Clemson, so I'm going to assume he was pretty good. What yeah, the hell happened? On, it happens to be a kid I know personally, by the way. Let me what what happened on those plays? It was almost like on the one, the first one, uh, the guy that I'm thinking, unless I'm seeing it the wrong way, was supposed to pick him up, he was covering grass. I mean, well, uh, let me let me just tell it to you this way: as someone who has played defensive back, and I understand what a announcer and analyst's job is to do um, in that situation is to try and explain what happened. And I'm going to give an emphasis on try because even as a even as a former player or coach, 
you don't re- you're not privy to exactly what the coverage was on that particular play. So one of two things should have happened on that play. Either the cornerback needed to sink back deep with the player that ended up catching the ball, or the safety, who you saw inside, and I believe is the one you're talking about, needed to yeah. be over the top deep on that play. One way or another, one of those two guys needed to be deep with that player, and it just didn't happen. But to sit here and definitively say that it should have been the safety or it should have been the corner would be uh, an injustice to either player because you just don't know what you don't the know what the cover you don't know what the coverage call is. Okay, I yeah. got that because maybe the maybe the coverage call is the safety was doing exactly what he was supposed to in the center of the field and and the corner was supposed to just carry the guy deep. Sure, I mean if I'm going to take a wild guess at it, I see two guys are down, meaning you know near the line of scrimmage, the corner and the safety on that side, and there's one safety deep in the middle of the field. If I, if I had to guess with a gun in my head, I would say the corner was the one that needed to be deep because it was some kind of three-deep coverage. It usually means, um, you know, the corner should have been deep on that one if the safety was down already. It, it, you just typically yeah. ask a safety to be that close to the line of scrimmage and then run back deep. So, But then it happens a second time, and then, then I'm really perplexed. I'm like, okay, yeah, can we get um, on the stage? Same, same deal there. So, um, you know, it just it just happened – Twice, very bad timing for them, unfortunate. Uh, and, you know, one could really probably argue that, you know, had uh, had McKinsey not gone out of the game, things might have might have been different. But, uh, you know, you just – we talked about it in analyzing this game last night, and we did say that, you know, it might come down to coaching, which is not to say – uh, anything bad about Dabo Swinney. It's just saying we are probably watching the best coach – Ever, and at the very least of our time in Nick yes. Saban, and that, you know, the, and when the rubber met the road, that those final minutes, as Tony Romo talked about, um, Alabama would make the moves they needed to make to win the football game, and that's exactly well, what there was a couple things, you know, I have to give props to, to Kiffin, because I'll say something, that may have been his best job ever coaching, because, you know, that quarterback that he won a national championship with and got to play well last night, to me, that was all about his play calling. That kid made one or two really tough throws. The one down the sideline was a good throw. Every other throw he made in that game was a simple throw. I mean, the touchdown passes, assuming I could throw a ball that far, I might have been able to throw because the kid was, they were 15, 20 yards in the clear. The other stuff was all that underneath stuff, mainly that he got the, you know, set up nice screens and plays that got guys in space, but they really weren't difficult throws. I mean, he really, like I said, the kid maybe made a couple throws that were hard throws. Otherwise, he he protected the quarterback and, and, and played around. You know, he didn't let, allow him to make a mistake, in my view. So I thought that was a great coaching job. I want to give uh, I want to give the kid more credit than that. Uh, I've watched him these last three games, starting with the SEC championship game, and one thing Alabama quarterbacks, whether this is out of complete and total fear of Nick Saban's wrath, uh, they've been able to have very good decision makers uh, back there at that quarterback spot. And to me, that's the most important job of a quarterback. So one play in particular I'll draw to is late in that game when he rolled out and faced you know some immediate pressure and he ducked up under it and dove to get that first down near the goal line towards the end of the game. Yes, that was huge. Amel, have you seen botch that and just toss the ball into the end zone into some defender's hand? Too you know, many. 
No, so no, that was no, that was a very that's a good call on your part because you know I, I'm looking at throwing, but you're right. He made a really smart play there, and that was huge. Uh, wasted more time on top of it getting the first down. Uh, <clears throat> a myriad of things happened there that were good for Alabama. So no, no, you're right. He, I, I guess I I don't want to phrase it the way not to say that the kid the kid played well. He did what was asked of him. All I'm saying is I think Kiffin did a really good job of asking for the right things. Which sure. sometimes I mean, important. No one ever questions uh, Lane Kiffin as a play caller. One of the best in it, uh, does a great job with that. And uh, we can only hope that he is comfortable with that and satisfied to do that um, for, for the foreseeable future. But I think we both know that that is not the case. Just a little note here for you. We were talking about O.J. Howard's um, you know, freakish athletic ability. Reading something here from Brian Stump, who uh, runs the opening, uh, uh, you know, high school, kind of a high school festival for the top guys in the country. O.J. Howard in the opening in 2012 measured in at six foot five and a half, 221 pounds, and ran a 4.49.40 at the opening in 2012. Just to give you an idea of what you did. Wow, that's nuts. That might explain him streaking down the sidelines and outrunning the defense last night. Yeah, well, you know, there's a couple things in that game. First of all, before I go get off Kiffin, um, I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't think he'll be satisfied if he was smart. He would look at the wonderful career his father had. His father made quite a bit of money, stayed around the NFL for, what, 30, 40 years, something goofy like that. I mean, it was a long time and and was highly regarded. I think Lane's personality and what he likes to do lends him to being an excellent offensive coordinator for a long time, wherever he wants to be. I think maybe pride and ego, like most of us, that's where we get in trouble. I think he'll want to try the head coaching thing, and I don't think that really suits his personality. He's just not doesn't you know he just doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to be good at that. You think Lane comes back to Alabama next year? It's going to be hard. I mean, there's going to be some job openings. Maybe he jumps to the NFL as a coordinator, trying to take that step. I don't know um, where he goes. You know, I just. I see a guy, you know, I always remember what you told me. He loves calling plays. And I see a guy that when he when he gets the, in charge of a team, he won't be able to let that go. He couldn't do it at USC. He would spend the whole game with his, you know, buried in that play card on his, you know, with his face down looking at that, really not managing the rest of the game. And I'm not sure that's going to change because he is good at that. and He's going to have a hard time just, you know, giving that over to someone. You know, Do you so, think this would be some kind of a signal? What I'm about to tell you is that the buses last night left him at the stadium. <laughs> like, I heard that. You know, I heard that. I I don't know. You know, I, I have a question for you. You know, now, obviously, it's the day after, and he's not going to poo-poo and rain on the party. But I'm wondering, does Saban maybe go give it one last shot at the NFL? There's still a lot of jobs open. No way in think hell. Of, no way in hell. You don't think? No way in hell, man. Um, you don't I think mean, a guy like him who's pretty business savvy wouldn't, wouldn't take an opportunity with one of these garbage franchises if he could get an owner to give him 2 3% equity to say, listen, you know, your team's a disaster. I'll give it a whirl, but I want something on the back end so when I'm done I have a, a night, you know, because 2% of an NFL franchise is quite a bit of money. It's $40, 50000000 million based on today's market value. Um, no. 64, 65 years old. Um, I this I a I young have, 64. That guy's got energy, man. 
he's got energy, Emil, but meet him in person and and um you can kind of see that he's he's coached for a while and he and he 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 wears a lot he wears everything that goes on and i just don't see him going back the biggest problem for the college football coaches uh, when they go to the nfl is the lack of control that they have and let me tell you when i went to alabama here's the deal he's in control of everything Amel, they have a room, okay? Not kidding you. There is a room where they dry the players' cleats in between practices. It's a rack. They hang it up in there, and it's an entire room with some kind of dehumidifier or whatever the hell it is. And each player hangs a, their shoe, their cleats up on a rack, and they dry them. You thought of everything there. He's gonna go to the How does that room smell, by the way? Get these things. That room smell interesting? Or? What's that? How's the room smell? I didn't even. We didn't open the door. It's a glass door. Okay, good. Good move. Yeah. Good move. You're you're as smart as I thought you are. Yeah, seeing it was enough. Feeling it and smelling it was really not uh, high on my list. But you know, you can see through the glass door. So no, I hear you. I mean, I think I think you, you're you're probably right. I was just tossing that out there, wondering if if there was a way. I mean, you know, the the, the common sense part of me tells me that you know, no, he's not going to do it. I'm just curious what you thought. Um, what do you think, how much longer, I guess, you know, obviously we're speculating, I mean, like most people, um, how much longer do you think he does this? I mean, that was his fourth national title at Alabama, fifth in, in college football, because he had the one with LSU. I mean, how much longer? Because that's, hey, listen, college football coaching is no picnic either. The grind of recruiting is, is tough. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Nick Saban might be, I'm stuck between will he be a guy that keeps coaching until he is clear that it's just not working for him anymore, or is he a guy that's going to know exactly that right moment um, when to quit? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I would love personally, you know, as a selfish guy, because I've I've grown to like him, by the way, over the years. Because um, I I find I find his sarcasm and wit really good. I mean, you know, sarcasm is usually a sign of intelligence. He's he's a smart guy and he's he could be pretty funny. I would love to see him in a TV role. I really would. Uh, you know what? Doing an analyst thing or something like that. Doing what Lou Holtz did. Yeah, pregame or you know, like like Dick Vermeil used to do the games with you know with Brent years ago. Some as an analyst or just in the pre you know pregame uh, studio. I, I I really you know I've, the times he's done it. Like put it this way. They had Urban doing that last night, right? Compared to Urban Meyer, he's he's a ball of fun. I mean, I found Urban Meyer to be boring. I was just like, okay, you're gonna put me to sleep here, Urban. Especially when he came up with such, with some of the analysis of, you know, you take Deshaun Watson away from Clemson and this game's over. Really, you take away their best player and their starting quarterback and the game's over. Thanks, Urban. Well, I need you. Make one very, um, you know, pointed observation. Uh, and, you know, it, it was that the quarterbacks that can extend plays are the ones that are really difficult to defend, and those are the ones that can put their team in a position to win, which is what Deshaun Watson did on several occasions last night, extended plays and uh, was able to, uh, to you know, pick up some, some yardage with his feet and, 
you know, cause Alabama to do No some- kidding. We told them that at 10 o'clock in the morning yesterday, and we well, get paid less than Urban. What you want a coach to tell you that you don't already know. I something think I don't guys, already know. Or be funny. Do something for me. Entertain me. Make some make some make some some astute in, uh, you know observations that the average fan isn't going to get. And it, Nick does that when Nick puts a coke can up on the podium and he says, "I know as much as this coke can." That's funny to me. That's entertaining. Right. Are you there? Because I, I am having audio difficulty with you. All right. Can you hear me right now? Yes. All right. Yeah, I don't know what you want a coach to say, especially one that's currently coaching. They're going to be measured in their words. You can expect that. Yeah, I guess you got a point there because he doesn't want to tick anybody off. Well, let's get back to the game because, I mean, I was wanted to ask you more questions. I like quizzing coaches, and you're a coach. Um, the onside kick – even if it didn't work, I thought it was a good play because I felt that if Alabama gave them the ball back at that moment, Clemson kind of had momentum. Yeah, Alabama had tied the game at 24. I think it was a field goal or it might have been a touch. I forget what they did. But anyway, the game was tied when he did the onside kick. It was kind of a stroke of Sean Payton, if you recall, at the beginning of the second half in the 2009 season when the Saints played the Colts in the Super Bowl. Um you know, I, I thought it was good, but, I mean, what I question is, obviously they saw something on film there, the way Clemson was aligning on, uh, you know, on the kickoffs. Right. Is, is, that, is that something that, that, you know, I mean, obviously in retrospect the answer is going to be yes, but is that something you think as a coach Clemson should have picked up on themselves? I mean, that they had this really weird kickoff alignment with nothing on the outside of the field. Well, sure, at this point you say something like that, but, you know, when you are – we talked about this being very detailed. Um, these are things you look for when you got two, three weeks to prepare. You know, who's the weak guy here that we can go at? I, what's, you know, what's going on in special teams? Where can we get a block? You know, you, these are the things you pick up on. They picked up on it, and it, it, it worked for them. So kudos to them for making that happen. I thought that was one of two plays that really worked for them. We got to take a – let's take a quick call. Then we got to go to a break, and we got to get Sap on here with us. Hold on right quick. Call you on a good hour hey. show. What's going on, fellas? This is Robert calling from Michigan, man. How y'all doing today? Good, good, man. What's on your mind? Hi, Robert. Nothing much, man. How that, man? That, that how, where do y'all rank that game as far as the last few years national champion championship games? Uh, right. I mean, the last few years they all been pretty good. The Auburn, Florida State, and everything. But that was that was a classic right there, outside of a couple little. In the history of it, that, that, that's right up there for me with the USC Texas. You, yeah, yeah, I'll put it right there too, man. I I agree with you on the onside kick there. I, I mean, I just don't get you. You just can't bunch people up like that and then leave like that that void right there for them to be able to get that. I feel like in a game like that, you just gotta, man, that's tough. You just, but I mean, at the same time, Nick Saban, you just gotta take tip your cap to him. He, he's definitely the best coach, uh, at least of this modern era. I don't really think that that's arguable at this point. And um, it just amazes me how he pulls so many rabbits out of his hat at the right times, like with the Howard. I mean, every time you watch this guy, it's just like magic unfolds. I don't know. Like, 
I don't know what well, he Well, the magic of Saban, if you really think about it, was taking a chance on Kiffin. I mean, think about it. He took, he took Kiffin when Kiffin was kind of damaged goods after the USC, you know, debacle. And a lot of coaches were not smart enough to see that opportunity, and Saban was. So, you know, in, in essence, Kiffin pulled some of that out of his hat, but he, he was there because of the CEO, uh, you know, the, the guy who's running the company, Saban, being smart enough to make a good hire. One thing I I think other coaches in college take note from him is I see a lot of coaches that, like, they have their scheme or their system, and it's like they stick to that and abide by that, you know, year after year after year, no matter how much the game has changed or whatever. And you got guys like Saban that he doesn't completely overhaul his program, but, like, the recruiting profile, the defensive linemen, and stuff, he started recruiting people that were more lean and long as opposed to big guys in the middle because the the college went more to a spread and having all these dynamic quarterbacks and stuff like that. I just – it amazes me when I see great coaches, like, win, and then I see a whole bunch of coaches that kind of, like – I'm not saying that you have to replicate everything he does, but some coaches just don't know how to change at all. And they're just so rigid and stuck to their system as if they have some magical system that's, like – you know, above and beyond anything else that anybody has. So hey, it's, it's, their, it. it's their blanket, man, like Linus. And once they've achieved a certain amount of success with it, they don't want to, you know, stray away from it. And at that point where they where it's no longer successful, that's where they uh, tend to wrap up their careers. Man, I hate to cut you short. You're always a great call, but we got to get Mr. Warren Sapp on here with us, man. Robert, appreciate you calling. All right, man. Y'all have a nice one, man. Thanks. See you, Robert. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, it's Straight Talk with Warren Sapp. Stay with us. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning? Dealing with deposit negotiation and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance. No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP Property Management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. But I'm piped up. See that boy right up. He piped up. See that girl right up. She piped up. Pipe it up. Pipe it up. We're back here at 1026 on the Great Iron Set Show. And uh, there's someone that's always piped up when he's here on this show. And we're happy to have him on with us every Tuesday. But especially this one with the NFL playoffs just passing by and the college football championship game that just went down last night. Uh, we are joined right now by NFL Hall of Famer Warren Sapp. Sapp, been a while. How you doing? Hey, Happy New Year, fellas. Happy New Year. How are you, Warren? Happy New Year. Hey, 
what's going on, guys? All right, I I got to say this. I got to say this. They got to start that game just a little earlier, right? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I was hurt, boy. I was hurt last night. I looked up. It was a quarter to 12. I said, boy, this thing here. This thing. <laughs> uh, you know what? You were going to have me worried if you told me you fell asleep. Chad Almost. fell asleep. Almost. Chad fell asleep on Saturday. Almost. He'll have to tell you the story. Almost. I, fell, Almost. I fell asleep on that Bengals-Pittsburgh game. But, man, I had a good excuse. I stayed up the night before watching that making a murder. Man, I went, I binge-watched that thing, and I was on low fuel. Hey, come on, dog. We're talking about playoff football, and you're talking about making what? Dude, let me tell you something. That Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game, before they started acting up, was as boring as it could get. No one could complete a pass, and no one was letting anyone run the rock. I, I mean, I had a reason to fall asleep now. <laughs> if it wasn't for hey, if it wasn't for perfect. There was no reason to watch that game. That was like one of your games in Tampa. Remember you told us you used to like to make it ugly. That they were making hold that on, game hold ugly. On, son. Hold on, son. You talking to a world champion about the Cincinnati Bengals? Come on, don't do that. No disrespect. Don't, 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 be, don't be disrespectful this morning in 2016. You're right. I apologize. Man. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, but boy, that was a good game last night, boy. And you know what, Clemson. Clemson's special teams, their their scouts. I mean, everybody on the staff ought to be knocked upside the head. Because I'm sitting there looking at one like, you ain't in no position to make a play right there. Yeah. I mean, they put that kid in a position. They put him in no man's land. Who no, that? not only was he in tight sap, he had his back turned. No, he had no chance to make that play. Yeah, absolutely none. I mean, that ball, ball kid, that kid looking like, where that ball going? <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I mean, usually those things are contested, but the ball floated listen, right. Usually that guy is wide enough that you can't just pop it open. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. you guys you guys are both defensive players, and one thing that stuck out to me, a subtle thing that maybe some people didn't pick up on, and I, I want to see if you agree that a difference in the game at least, Alabama, when they need to make a tackle, always seems to get the guy on the ground. Clemson missed a lot of tackles where Alabama would get around them, make a little move, get a first down. It just seemed to me like Alabama makes a tackle when they need to. Wait, but did you see Tolman Gardner's run where he went all the way across the field for Clemson? There was enough missed tackles there. I I saw one of those, but I saw a lot of them on the other side where Alabama guy would, you know, make a move and just sneak in for, you know, a yard beyond the marker, first down, you know, just stuff where it wasn't a firm tackle. And then you watch Alabama most of the time, to me, they're like the New England Patriots. The Patriots always tackle well. Even if they don't have the best talent, they tackle well. Well, let's just say they played better situational football. Let's do that. And, and Alabama played better situational football last night at every point during the football game. You know, when they tied it up, now it's how, how do we, you know, you're sitting over there thinking, hit, get the ball and what plays we're about to run. And your special teams ain't even in a position to even get you the ball. I mean, that's crazy at that point. I mean, you have to see that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, well, that's too just... easy. Special teams were, you know, people forget special teams. Well, Parcell always the third of the game. Yes, but Bill Parcell said they call it football for a reason. There's a foot involved, and it seems like Clemson treated special teams. Yeah, it seems like Clemson treated special teams is like something that we do between offense and defense that we don't pay attention to. I mean, not only do they allow the onside kick, and that's they allow a kickoff return. That's situational football at its finest. When you pull yeah. out one of those. It, it swings momentum, it changes the game, and it puts you in a position of now, 
you just put your, your opponent behind an eight ball. <laughs> you just you just took all their glory and went, uh, we're not even on offense right now. We're, we're not even in a tight game right now. We're down. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you, so let me ask you this. You, this leads us into some talk about Saban. I have some questions for you because you know you played on a college football dynasty, as as we like to call these things. Thank you. Uh, the Canes won five national titles in what? Let's say a twenty year period of time, nineteen eighty three to two thousand three. Uh, Alabama. Yeah, but, you know, you know they, let's go for the four that you had up to nineteen ninety one, and let's not you know throw the drought years in there. They don't throw the butch years in. Okay. <laughs> so so they won four. You guys won four in Listen, that nine or ten year period. Alabama to argue that anybody's run except what they show Frank Leahy with three Heisman Trophy winners in like forty five to forty nine. I think uh, Notre Dame did something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You can't even. Saban's run is, is unprecedented. It's unprecedented. But I look at it this way. He's a very, very bright man. You know who's on his staff? I mean, Bobby Williams almost convinced me to go to Michigan State when I was coming out of high school. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Bobby Williams almost got me to go to Michigan State when I came out of high school. Mario Cristobal's <laughs> on his staff. Lane Kiffin, you can say whatever you want about him, but he's like North Turner for me. Give him an offense and everybody get the hell away from him because he's going to do, do a great job. Just, yeah, don't, yeah. just don't give him the head coaching yeah, job, and yeah, now he's got to do offense, defense, and special team. No, just offense. That's it, Lane. Just offense. Call the plays. You got it. He does a wonderful job. USC won championships with Lane okay. calling plays. Is, is it not easier to get people to come work for you, though? Who? If you're saving? Yeah. I mean, Ooh, it's, I think saving's like one of those like one of those hard cases that you get a badge of honor for being on his staff. I think. <laughs> Well, he's tough, but I think people people realize that they're going to learn from him. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's a, he's a hard-driving guy, and I'm sure he's hard to work for. But I think smart people realize that it's worth it because it enhances them. And, like I say, you know, they, a badge of honor. Yeah. So how do you compare? You think Saban's dynasty is, is oh, greater than the Hurricane dynasty? It's better. I mean, we, we, play, we play some different type of football, but what he's doing right now in this wide open, woe is me, anoint you right now, he's he got it. Wow. Yeah, and, you know, you the man is undefeated in national championship games. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah Kings fans yeah. would uh, be up in arms to hear this from a former Oh, no, I love, I love the depth. I love what yeah, we yeah, are. True. We bleed orange and green. I mean, hey, but this, they, got a, they got a machine that's running right now. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That you know, you surprise me. You never cease to surprise me when you come up with these answers. No, yeah, you're asking. You're this asking. You're not. You're not asking me to do it with my heart. You ask me to do it with my head, and it's pretty simple. <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this: Nick Saban or Bear Bryant? Oh, for me, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, Nick. And he hates being called Nick. That's what I love about it, Nick. <laughs> what does he like being called? Huh? Coach or what does Coach he Saban? Like? He don't like you being called Saban. Nick. Yeah, you know, okay, like don't call you, you didn't see the excerpt from the book with when he was at Miami? No. no. Oh, oh. He uh what was the D tackle trailer that was down there? He had it written in his contract they didn't have to do any conditioning or anything. So <laughs> he's he's walking and he's yelling, Hey Nick! Hey Nick <laughs> <laughs> oh. Save it goes off. Just said I have to run your, 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 your couple expletives. 
was in there, you know, just yelling back. It couldn't do nothing to him. And Nick was like, I'm going back to college. This is no yeah, place. I'm done with this. Yeah. <laughs> There's no place for me. I'm going back to college. And yeah, hey, he has a machine a running. You, you can't you can't argue with a man with five championships. Woo! Yeah, that's, that's impressive. Hey, listen, no doubt about it. Listen, you got anything else that we didn't touch on in this game? Because I want to move you over John, to the he's NFL. He's John Haley. He got a handful of them. <laughs> he got a full hand. Yes, hey, he does. A handful of them. <laughs> Everything and thumb is covered. There yeah, it is. That's nice. That's nice. You can't beat that. All well, right. Let's go to Saturday's games because I know Uh-oh. you you know you watched your the greatest yeah. weekend in football is on its way. So you want to talk about last week? No, I want to ask you first of all about okay. Brian Hoyer. Was that the worst uh, NFL quarterback you've seen, or have you seen worse? <laughs> no, Rod Jaworski is because he was twelve point three, and he won that game against my Cowboys in the eighty nineteen eighty. That, that okay. <laughs> I mean, Hoyer did have six turnovers. Happen. Six. Twelve point three. His quarterback rating was that day.
Would you, you have taken a knee and kicked the field goal and made them use their timeouts, or would you, you have mean, run you, the ball? I, I would have definitely made them run the, burn their timeouts. And now you got a situation where, because at two minutes, the, the play clock goes to 40 seconds. Right. Yeah. There's only three plays in two minutes if you ain't got no timeouts. Exactly. So I'm That's saying that when they handed the ball to Jeremy Hill, what my argument to Chad was, and Chad's kind of saying, well, you know, you know that now, but I'm saying, listen, I understand normally if Roethlisberger's healthy, I've got to try to score a touchdown. But if I just get them to use their timeouts and kick a field goal by taking three knees, they call three timeouts. Or they're going to have to go. Or, or, or get them and drive it all the way down there and run all the clock you want off of the clock. And well, they just come yeah, out the ball. That's true, too, but he'll, he'll, he'll kill that pretty quick, Sap. Yeah, he killed that real fast, didn't he? <laughs> Listen, when you play the game and you do dumb stuff, it, it, but, but, the, but, the, but the coup de grace is perfect. I mean, the man didn't even catch the ball. They can't complete passes. What are you doing? Well, yeah. Man, Mikey, you, you, you were a hard-nosed, tough player, but did, did you think Listen, he was just out of his Listen, mind? We played in a different NFL. I'm sorry. You got to play the game like it's being played now. Back when we were John Lynch, hey, light him up, Lynch. I got $5,000 for you. Let's go. We're yeah. running through that. We run, we protect in the middle of the field. That's not the that's not this NFL they playing now. You can't do what he did. Oh my goodness, man! And he could have seriously hurt the guy. Hey, I mean, that was a, that was a really bad it, hit. It, it, Antonio Brown still with us right now. That that thing looked real bad. I ain't seen it somebody did. hit it the, really hit the ground really that loose. That. I mean, when he hit the ground, his body just just oh my goodness. Limp. Yeah, it, was, oh. it went limp. Oh. Would you agree, Sap? NFL head coaches really earned their money in those final eight minutes of a football game. Listen, you find out who has covered the bases with the inmates in the asylum. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you just—I mean, that's that's when the game becomes most crucial. So you don't have room for my bad. No, what are you talking about, my bad? Well. You used the term bungles before, so I'm going to lead. This leads hey. me to a question hey. that I touched on yesterday with Chad, um, and I've always been a big, big supporter of his. But I'm kind of starting to get the feeling that Marvin Lewis has taken that franchise about as far as they're going to go with him. Am I wrong? I, I'm not. It's outside my pay grade, brother. I, I, <laughs> it's always whenever you do something like that, and your players seem out of control and not knowing, it's going to fall on the head, man. Sure. That's the lies at his feet. Can he time. get him to the promised land, though, Seth? No, he can't. He can't. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. I like, like listen, the red I'm a big Marvin Lewis him. fan. The, the red BB gun couldn't go anywhere with him when he did play. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. I know an Alabama quarterback hadn't won anything in the history of their lives in the playoffs. It's still, wow. What was the last playoff win? Joe Namath in the – Probably. Close to it. Or Kenny Stabler. You know, Don't forget were, the snake. Were, you know, because they were telling me the last time they won a regular season game. I'm like, when, all right, if it was 87, then when was the last time they won a playoff yeah. game? It's Kenny the snake Stabler, I'm going to guess with the Raiders sometime in the early 80s, was probably the last meaningful uh, game won by an Alabama quarterback in the playoffs. Well, I mean, the last regular season game was 87, so, I mean, the playoffs got to be before that, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously smoke. you felt that the Bengals got their ju- they got what they deserved for being. No, hey, listen, when you play like that and do what they did, yes, yes, 
Because yeah. I had them tweeted, the Steelers are still old. Some of them ain't that slow, but they done. And they wasn't. I mean, they let them right out. I mean, you can't let them out of that. So then we go to Sunday. How would you have felt when Blair Walsh, who's a pretty good NFL kicker, when he yanked that thing? Good thing they were home because there ain't no way in hell he getting on the plane. Good thing they were home because ain't no way in hell he getting on the plane with me. Y'all better put me on a plane and send me home by myself because ain't no way he ride with us. What happened on our team to that kicker if that would happen? But what's the worst kicker situation you've ever been a part of? Green Bay night 2001 or 2000 in the 2000 season. We go up there because they fired Mike Shula in 99 because we can't win. We can't score any points in the playoffs, you know, lose a game with 11 points, giving up 11. And we go up there, and I've never won a game in Lambeau Field. And I'm up there, and I I get a sack on Favre that day, so I'm in the hunt for the the sack title. And Sean King's our quarterback. We driving this ball down Green Bay's throat. I mean, driving it. It's 14 to 14. We driving for the win. And this maniac, Lex Steckle, called the victory play. You know, when the quarterback takes the ball and kneels, backs up three yards and kneels, and we hadn't kicked the field goal yet, Chad. (laughs) He did this before kicking the field goal. (laughs) I I, I run to the side, I'm like, what are we doing? And then, you know, T.E. turns to me like, one, one. I'm like, what are we doing? We just gave up three yards. What are we doing? And he's looking at me like, calm down, calm down. I'm like, what are we? Don't do that again. Run forward. I mean, they lean. We we lean and don't make no yards. The next two plays line up and miss it wide right by three feet. Oh my god! Yeah, got and you lose overtime. the game in lose overtime. Then? Yeah, go to overtime, lose this game, I, boy. I I, I bet no one wants to be on the bus around SAP after that. No, I love I love Martin because nobody nobody's messing with Automatica because that's all I had when we played buck ball. So you ain't messing with him. But <laughs> hey, oh man, that, I, I want to I want to kill my part offensive part coordinator part. that day. Oh, oh. That now worse. Dramatica was the best. I mean, he, I just missed it. It was just one of those, what was it, 11, minus 11 that day, I think it was. Wouldn't you? Oh, I was bad. Well, was you know, day. I mean, I felt bad for Walsh because he stood there, to his credit, after the game, and he said, listen, I don't care if the guy put a watermelon down. I should have been able to kick it through. So, you know, he, he stood there. I felt like people were being a little hard on the guy. He bailed out the holder earlier in the game, and that weather, he made a 45-yard field goal. The guy held the laces the wrong way. They teach you that when you're seven years old. And then he does it a second time to the guy. And kickers are goofy. I mean, they have their routines. The laces are the wrong way. I mean, I'm not saying that's the reason he missed it, but it didn't help. What are you saying there? Well, I'm saying, I'm saying, listen, let's cut the guy a break. That's what I'm saying. The, the Viking fans are brutal. It's harder than an extra point. No. And I don't want to hear this, this mess that he's in there. Well, all year long I tried to, you know, become consistent for this football team. Well, son, Teddy, Teddy Two Gloves drove you inside of an extra point. Get us home. This is the most brutal day in the history. The refrigerator bowl ain't got nothing to do with this. <laughs> I felt I felt I felt bad for the kid. That's all. We all I felt bad for the, the damn fans that sat in that damn weather. Yes, and, that was and watched him lose the game. And they, and what? Yeah, disgusting, disgusting. This well, guy. now takes me to the fourth game of the day, and, and 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 I guess the question coming out of this game for me, I mean, I kind of felt, believe it or not, the Packers would win this game because I felt like the Redskins were playing in the worst division in football or one of them. Would you give Kirk Cousins a lot of money? 
this year? This year? Nope. Nope. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. What do you do at your quarterback spot if you're the Redskins? Uh, you, you, you try to give him the Tannehill deal. You know, see if he'll take one of those deals. You know, they tried to do Russell Wilson, four-year, $80 million, 40 guarantee. You know, they, they, the league lowballs you all the time, and you see if he takes it. And if he doesn't, then you franchise him and make him work for it. Yeah. That's what you know, I agree with you. I would franchise that quarterback. I, what, I'd rather yeah. pay him First one year. First, you try to lowball him, you know? You have to. Yeah. yeah. After, well, he's probably, his agent's probably going to tell him, hey, man. don't take the lowball. Hey, hey, hey. Your agent, your agent works for you. You don't work for your agent. That's true. That's true. So you would lowball him, and if he says no, then you would go. You'd franchise him. Maybe franchise him, make him work for it. Yeah. 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 Well, I agree because uh, he showed me some stuff in that game. It would scare me a little bit if I was if I was the Redskins signing up for big money. You know, I mean, I think he might be one of these guys who had a great year and can't repeat it. No, that system is designed. Back foot, let it go, step up. He didn't play that bad. Three hundred twenty-nine yards and a touchdown, no turnover. I mean, what what was the well, they had 11 points. They had 11 points. He was, points up, he was up 11 nothing. They played no yeah. defense. I mean, I mean none. This is true, and it just fell apart really so fast for them. And I mean, I'm fast. Looking, it was I'm like a bomb went off, and all of a sudden you looked up and it was like, huh? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking at some clips that are here on, 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 you know, they've got them on Twitter right now, them playing defense, looking at the all 22, and it's just horrendous, some of the mistakes that were made. Like, these are I mean, he, they didn't play good defense at all. I mean, we, we all watched Green Bay limp into that game like, Green Bay just ain't that. I mean, I mean, that, 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 what was the boy named Adams? He went to work on them boys. <laughs> he sure did, didn't he? Yeah, I sure mean, with the work on the board. I mean, we watched this Green Bay team sputter in. I was thinking if I was Minnesota, you know what? We're going to throw this Sunday night game, get them the division, and come back next week when it's playoffs and dump them. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad strategy. And I'm hey, 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 hey. I, I was looking at that game like, man, Green Bay might be the weakest team I've seen in a while right let, now. Let, let me ask, let's to get your off. thoughts, though, moving forward. Tell us what what can we expect this weekend just generally. You know, I'm not going to make you pick every game. No, no, no. What, what no do you problem. Which one you want to start with? Ball games if we go through them game by game. Patriots. First of all, Kansas City, New England. Does Kansas yeah. City have a chance up there? Of course they do. That's the one thing with Andy Reid's offense, and it's not one of these big extenders that get yourself out of your game play. Andy, Andy understands what he has to do, put himself in a position, change the plays up, change his calls, play well, but he's going to do something crazy in the game when he's up there in Gillette. Nah, Patriots. So you like don't him. basically you don't, you like don't trust Alex Smith? I don't trust Andy Reid. Okay. <laughs> Andy Reid is the guy that gets in the playoffs that does something crazy with a challenge or some or timeout or some clock management. You've seen this before with Andy Reid. Come on, man. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear you. He, the Philly fans up, up here in Pennsylvania have no love for Andy Reid and his playoff record. So, I mean, no, I, no, I, you got to tell me. Andy Reid, they scored a touchdown the first play against us, and for the next 100 and one minute, one six, 119 minutes of championship football, they kicked three field goals. And that was that. So and, and they the have camp- a chance? They got a chance because, I mean, you're lining up two teams in a one-team league. But I have a unique experience in being a wild-card team, you know, playing at home, then going on the road the next week to Green Bay. We went up there for – boy, you talking about not a lot in the tank? Right. Yeah. 
I mean, you got. You, I mean, that's why when I see these wild card teams like the Steelers, they one year went all the way through and won a championship. The Giants win, won that championship. The, dog, you, you you are running on fumes. You are running but on I, fumes. Can, let's <laughs> think about what New England has looked like. Is that just smoke and mirrors? This is their time of year. They're going to pick it up. What you, I mean, I, I, I love the New England Patriots because they get themselves ready to play the task at hand, whichever situation it is. It's just a daunting task to go into. Foxborough without a running game and, you know, the the traditional pieces you think you're going to need. You know, you got to keep the ball away from Tom Brady, so now you need a run game. Then you're going to need – see, but Andy's got that funky little – and then Jeremy Mackley, is he in or is he out? Right. Well, uh, let me, that's, that's that, all let we me ask you this. Can they block them, though? I mean, are you a little worried about New England being able to block Kansas City's front? Because, I mean, New England, obviously, in that last game of the year, got Brady beat up pretty good. Okay. That doesn't worry you? Uh-uh. If you're... Nope. Tell okay. me the last time you seen a playoff game other than the Giants beating them in the Super Bowl when Tom Brady was under that kind of pressure. No, other than the Giants' Super Bowl. Yeah, know, and they still had a chance game. to win that game. If, if yeah. what, Welker makes the catch? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Sure. I'm just Fair always Listen, Bill Belichick is, don't hold four championships just because he shows up to the playoffs and, and lollygags or... Or, 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 you know, got tomfoolery or shenanigans going on. That man brings his football team to the stadium ready to work, and they're at home. And you're just coming off a heartfelt win, and now you got to come to me? Yeah, trust me. That team that played last week is hurting. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, that's a fair assessment. I mean, and, I, and I, I nine times you. out of ten, whenever you go to Gillette, they go, boop, and it's 14, 14 or 10 nothing. And now you're going, oh, Lord, now we got to fight to come back. And Trust me, do, do not fall into that trap going up there. They better start fast. Oh, they did last week. Opening let's, kickoff, 106 let's yards. Green Bay in Arizona. We know the result of the first game was as lopsided as you can get. Is there any way Green Bay can now, change that outcome? In now the I'm worried about somebody blocking because I know what Calais Campbell and them monsters out there in Arizona go through. Take a go try to walk right through them at Aaron Rodgers. You remember the last time he went out there? Sure. You see a re- you see a repeat of that because I can't. I, I want to know how they block them. That's all I want to know because that's fresh in your mind. Yeah. Well, that tape ain't even that tape ain't even stale. <laughs> well, hey, early in that game Sunday, Green Bay was having a difficult time, you know, blocking Washington. So I, I, I'm not sure they hey, fixed it. All much. of a sudden, Washington looked like they they ran out of rush. Or Green Bay found some kind of way, and all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers was moving and shaking and throwing this thing around. And you're like, what? Yeah, and I think the other side of that coin, by the way, is I think Green Bay is going to have a hard time slowing down Arizona. There especially you go. Weeks there you go. Kirk Cousins ain't on the other side with some guy that now you're trying to bring him back. Alfred, we need you to run again. What? Y'all told yeah. me I wasn't no good around here. Y'all told me I was done. Oh, we sorry. Don't worry. Come, come run for us. <laughs> well, here's the one I really want to hear your opinion on, and that is Seattle and Carolina. How much of a chance are you giving the Seahawks, and what do you think is going to happen in this one? How much of a chance I'm giving the Seahawks? Yeah, I mean, they got out. Listen, we just talked about how they got out with their lives in Minnesota. Now they're taking on Superman. Yeah, but they got some They got some kryptonite. Michael Bennett and them boys love this challenge. So it depends on can they block them up front, too. Because if you allow these boys to get any kind of blood and water where they got a chance at Cam. You know, it's not easy to tackle Cam, who I'm, I'm sure. I you know. Do. That's why I ain't yell out one guy. It's more Cliff Avery, <laughs> Michael Bennett, all of them. That they, hey, they hunting pack. Them, that's a pack hunting group right there. 
Well, I'm let me flip this on you, though. And it won't be a lot this. of wide receivers open. I guarantee you this. Well, wait a second. Let's flip this. How does Seattle block uh, Carolina? Because that Seattle offensive line is nothing to write home about. Okay. But that you little agree? mobile that little mobile quarterback in the back back there, that eh, 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 ooh, ouch, then cursing, bowling. Hey, I like it's easy to tackle a six-five guy with long, striding arms and powerful. That little jitterbug is something else. Take it from me, I got a hundred and two and a half sacks. Hey, let me. Ask, I, I want to ask you this. Okay, I know about this. I, I, <laughs> I know how I feel about this on the coaching level. You as the player, how do you feel when you got to rematch a team in the playoffs? You played them in the regular season. Now, let's say you won the game, and now you're rematching the team you beat in the regular season. What's the challenge for you there? Not to get complacent and make sure you're on your P's and Q's because they know you as well as you know yourself. And sometimes you put yourself in a position and you look down and you say, I know this play. You better not. Mm-hmm. You better not. They probably built something off of it. Hey, that you better not. <laughs> you better not. You better maintain leverage and play this play out and then go make a play when you see it. Don't don't say, I got this. Oh, I know what this is. <laughs> nah. There's that, that, that sluggo scene right there. Ah. Got him. No, that, you what? You you didn't see it. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> yeah, but well, uh, playing like that make you you're just you're out there. You're you're scary almost. You're a hesitant player because you don't believe anything. No, you're not. Now you're not because you know your S A A, your stance, alignment, and your assignment. Don't talk uh, yourself out of it. Don't talk yourself out of it, Chad. You know the rule. Don't talk yourself out of it. We don't uh, went through this all week in practice. You've seen this play twenty, thirty times. Is this true. my chance I can take? And you know how to calculate it. Hey, safety. Got me over the top. Now, dog, I got this scene right here. All right, all right, let me sit tight on this one. Then. We'll go next time when I, when I think I got one. You know, you got to pick and choose this. That's what I used to tell Runday. Runday, a pick six in the first quarter don't decide the game. The one in the fourth do. Right. He went, mm. I said, Runday, if you jump this route and he pump it and they double me and I can't get to him, that's six. Exactly. Exactly. We can't do that. Stay back. Fourth quarter, I know where this protection is at. I used to tell him about the middle of the third. You got it now. He's like, what? I said, jump whatever you want to jump. I said, we home. <laughs> I said, you want to jump something now? Jump it. He's like, what? I was like, you got the freedom. Go. He's like, okay, all right. <laughs> hey, and I'm telling you, once you relieve the, the robber in your, in your secondary, he's going to get one. He's going to get oh, one. Oh, you know it. You, know, you don't get one. I mean, all of them were like that. I mean, Brooks with bullets, you were not running three outs to him. He's going to pick that. I mean, we just – we we calculated certain plays that we were going to take our shot on that one. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And that's so, what the yeah, great ones do. Good that's on what that. the great ones do. You find certain situations like the New England Patriots and you take your shot. Like last night, Saban went, we tied this game. They ready to get the ball back. They can move it up and down the field. Let's see if we got that onside. And there's the yeah. game. Boom. I do Boom. think it's going to be hard to beat – the Seattle Seahawks twice in the same season. And if anyone could do it, it would be this Carolina team, but it's going to be difficult. I got this for you. Seattle went from Minnesota freezing, flew all the way back to Seattle to thaw back out. Now they're going to fly all the way back across this country again? What time is this game? They got the late one or the early one? Uh, early one. No, they did not. Wait, wait, wait. They gave them the 1 o'clock on Sunday? They did. Ooh, somebody hates Seattle. <laughs> yeah. But the only thing that does help them, I think they, I think they're leaving early. Yeah, well, I, I know I you leave early I, for the championship game. I don't remember if you leave early for the for the divisional, and we just had to go to Green Bay. So, I mean, I I think. But the worst thing about it, all four teams lost at home. 
That's crazy, isn't it? I never lost a playoff game at home. I don't know what that feels like. (laughs) Yeah, you you guys were you guys were on the road all the time, taking back your your. I mean, I've never lost a playoff game at home. I have no idea what that would feel like. Oh my goodness! You know, I you know I hear you on this whole Seattle game, both of you, but I I just have a feeling that this might be a coming out party for Cam Newton because a lot of people still doubt this guy, and I, I I just have. I have a feeling that he's going to play that, very that went, well. The five, the five touchdown games, the fourteen and one, fifteen and one season. I mean, what what other party has he got to come out? The greatest season of a rookie quarterback in the history of the National Football League. Yeah, listen, what party? What party hadn't he been to? Oh, that's right, Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and and you know what? You see the stuff on social media that people still listen, man. Really? Is that is that how you live right now? I don't, but I'm telling Twitter, you. Twitter is a vengeful, I mean, nasty place. Oh God, is it? I mean, Terrible. I mean, I mean, it's it's, cool. it's, it's 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 what a it's what a the the, the, the non-informed and the and the brutally uh, it is ugh, it's nasty. It, I mean, just just say whatever. Then they hide behind. Then they hide behind avatars of a dog. Yeah, a lot of angry, unhappy people in that in that space of the world. Uh, there's no doubt about <laughs> and you're, that. And you're, and you're applying those angry, upset people to logic? No, I no, you can't, I, I. You can't, as a football player, read that kind of hate and go into a game of such love, and it mm-hmm. correlates for you. The thing that I always go with Cam, Cam's son asked him to do that dance. That's that's what that's why I told y'all. Whatever the kids ask you, baby, hey, you go go do your thing, boy. Okay. Now, let me ask you this: If you were a player, if you were a player in this day and age, Ooh. how much would you be on Twitter? You think? Ah, uh, n- not much. Mm-hmm. Not much. You think uh, more, more, more of an Instagram guy, I think. Mm-hmm. You think players are affected? I don't know because I don't know what you're doing with your social media. You know, right. like Chad used to be a a, a jokester and, and you know wild and out and stuff, and I used to look at it like, wow. I had just retired, you know, and I went to it, and I went, eh, that'd, that'd be pretty cool, but then it'd be annoying, too, because I, like, I wouldn't like the league telling me I can't send no tweet out from my locker, because I'd definitely take me a selfie and tell fat boy, ready. <laughs> 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 I mean, that, that's enhancing it for the fans, you know, take that picture, you know, send that with your headphones on, fat boy, ready. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, I, I, I definitely send that out every week before I, well, before I left my locker. That would go out every week. Oh, every week. I'm in my locker locked up with my headphones on. Fat boy jamming. It's going to be a good one. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Well, well, listen, listen, we need to get you. We need, before you, I know your time's limited. I got to get you in on this last game. I'm not time. You You can sit here all day with me, baby. I got a brand new year in front of me. We got great football and the greatest (laughs) football weekend ever. And uh, Alabama Christmas time started me off on Monday night with that. I love it. Yes. What you got, Emma? Denver Pittsburgh. What, what, what are we looking for? It's another rematch. Pittsburgh came back on them in Pittsburgh the first time around. Denver had control of that game, and Pittsburgh came back. Uh, it was twenty-seven ten. Ended up thirty-four nope. twenty-seven. Sorry, Steelers. Sorry, Steelers. Berfwick gave y'all another week that y'all could talk crazy and you know butt check and the Joey Porter thing and Joey Porter hurt his coaching career and all this. Oh, geez, geez, come on, man. <laughs> Joey Porter should get MVP as far as I'm Absolutely. concerned. Absolutely. Anna Rays. Anna Rays. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. You, as a former player, you have to feel a certain kind of way for Brown. Man, Brown hit that ground and was loose. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I know. Come off, I mean, you'd want to come off the sideline. 
And you know, it doesn't take much for Joey. I hear he's a coach now, but he's got something inside him. I'm sure you're going to, you know, it, it would, a lesser guy would come off the sideline and want to do something to him. <laughs> hey, if I was the owner, I would have kissed Joey Porter on the forehead after that game. Yeah, but they're they, they going to go up there without Brown and Big Ben Munchausen, and it's going to get ugly. I think Big Ben's going to play. Oh, and it's going to get ugly. Yeah, I don't Von, think he can Von, throw the ball. Von Miller, Von I mean, Miller and company are coming. And they ain't got no run game. And Demarcus Ware, don't forget our former hey, Cowboys. Hey, I fan. said and company. Well. <laughs> hey, he's, he's the elder statesman. Can we at least give him lead bill, even though Von Miller is probably the better, the better player? Even when they leave the team. Hey, man, I, I just I just, I just, give you the greatest threat that's coming at you. And it's, it, it's the, it's the, it's the uh, blind assassin. He's got the yeah. biggest glasses I've ever seen of a pass rusher. <laughs> but my dog, my dog go hunt that thing, boy. Woo, that boy, there is something special. So, reading between the lines, or with you, I don't have to read between the lines. You have the Denver Broncos playing the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals playing the Seattle Seahawks. No. 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 They hate Seattle, and that 1 o'clock will hurt. Okay. I'm going to I'm dabbing. Okay. I'm dabbing. Oh, okay. I dab for you right there, Emma. If we get those two games, Sap, if we get those two championship games, that's going to be one hell of, of a championship weekend the following week. Because, I mean, that, to see Denver, New England, and to see Arizona, Carolina, oh, yeah. that would be exciting. Oh, yeah. That's what we got. Let's go. We're on a collision course for great two weeks of football. Then we're going to do a little Pro Bowl thing a little with the, 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 the hulas and, you know, the pineapples and some of that good stuff. Then a couple college games, you know, Senior Bowl. And the uh, East West Shrine, yeah, we go. It's, it's football, baby. Yeah, it's good time. Good time. Hey, Sap, I'm coming down to Miami you know. in February, Sap. I expect my turkey, by the way. Listen, brother, just let me know when you're coming. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Now we're gonna we leave it there, and so we can't wait to get you on next week to talk about the greatest week in. Uh, in the greatest in, weekend in the NFL. It's the greatest weekend in the yeah. NFL. It's, it's when the big boys come out. The, 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 the top four seeds play. Let's go. Yeah, can't wait to talk to you about that, man. And as always, we appreciate you coming on and keeping it light and shedding some uh, real good insight on on what's happening on the We try. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's why I joined the Gridiron Studs. I'm just a Hall of Famer just joining the Gridiron Studs and see if we can get it out there to them. There you go. I got to cut that clip and put it right ah, in there. All right, so. baby. Y'all be good. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so I appreciate you, man. Look forward to seeing you next week. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back for the final segment of the Gridiron Studs show right after this. paperwork. Are you a business owner and you're buried under a mountain of paperwork? You need an MVP on your team. And that MVP is MVP Business Concierge Services. They know that sometimes paperwork can get in between you and your customers. Why not spend the time doing what it is you do best? Getting new customers, handling the ones that you have now, and while you're doing that, you can have an MVP working for you. We know that tax season is the busiest time of the year for business owners. No more missing deadlines and getting IRS penalties for late filing. 
MVP Business Concierge Services will do all the hard work for you. They will streamline your payroll, streamline your finances, and have you on track. With trustworthy advisors that are very reliable, they will take the hard work away from you and get you back into what it is you're doing best. How do you get this MVP on your team? You call right now, 844-696-8722, 844-MY-MVP-CC, or send an email to info at mymvp.cc and get an MVP on your team today. Calamino, uh, very interesting discussion there with Sap, and I liked what he had to say on the uh, rematches. Um, you know what what goes through the player's mind um, on you know play by play when you're facing a team that you played already in the season, and then now it's it's postseason time. I tell you, there's a lot that goes on there. It's a very difficult thing to do, both from a coaching and a player standpoint, taking on that team. When when you beat them earlier in the season, the advantage is all. I'm, I'm always torn on that, Chad, because there's there's two schools of thought. I mean, everybody likes to say, you know, the team that loses is motivated, and to some extent that makes sense. You know, your preparation. You know, you, you, there's a little bit of extra in anything in life when somebody's beating you at something, and you're trying to, you know, take that back from them. But then there's the other flip side of that coin that says success makes you confident, and sometimes in sports, confidence leads to wins at the end of these games because you feel that, hey, we've done this before. So I'm not really sure. I've always vacillated over the years and, you know, what side of that's better, you know. Is it better to be the guy that's really motivated or is it better to be the the team or person that's very confident that, hey, we we did this before, we'll do it again? Man, I'm, uh, I'm, you know what side I'm leaning on. I just think that loser the first time, um, assuming you now made the playoffs, you're a good football team. So you've got confidence. I just feel like the team that lost that first time really, really has the upper hand. Like just to give you a quick example of something and just to share a story with you. Um, I was coaching youth football. We're playing a, a football game. We're clearly better than this other team. And we're kind of having our way early on in the game. I think we're up by two touchdowns. And lo and behold, the rains come and the lightning detector goes off. And it was a very long delay, so much so that we could not finish the game that day. So you bring the two head coaches together and you try and figure out a time when the game can be resumed. And typically what you did was you'd come back the next day. Well, this particular coach that I was playing against that day found all kinds of reasons why he couldn't come back tomorrow and finish the game. And somehow the game ended up being on a Tuesday, I believe it was, uh, of the next week. So that's three days. Came back, Emil, and let me tell you something. Brand new offense, brand new defense, all, all kind of stuff that you just didn't see on film, they didn't even do in the first matchup. And while you would say, hey, you know, that had to be different for them, uh, maybe it was, but you know what? They gave us a problem there for the first, for the next quarter of the football game when they really had no business doing that. And then, you know, finally right. we got our act together because, you know, we we're just simply more talented than the fourth quarter. You know, things got back to where they needed to be, and we ended up winning the game by three touchdowns. But that's kind of what happens in these rematches. You make these subtle changes here and there, build plays off of other plays that you had, 
in that first game, and it becomes a problem for the team that won and had success the first time. Can I ask you a question? Are you wearing a Seattle Seahawks T-shirt right now? Am I? No, I am not. Um, you I'm are just... trying so hard to convince yourself that you're, and they are your Seattle Seahawks. I'm firmly convinced that you are a Seahawks fan. They are your Seahawks, even though you, you want to say that you're above being a fan of an NFL team. And you, you just are want to me to have a team like you have a team. That's not the case, my friend. I root for who plays great defense. So for many years, it was the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but I, listen, I wasn't a guy, if the Ravens lost, was going to go kick my dog and break something. I'm not a fan <laughs> of that level anymore. I used to cry as a kid off of Los Angeles Rams losses. I'm not there, okay? That's just not it for me anymore. So I don't get True that. Sorry, when Dwight Clark caught the ball in the back of the end zone in, 19, in the 1981, uh, one, uh, well, yeah, the 81 championship game. You probably contemplated game. suicide. Uh, I was 13 years old. I cried. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. When the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Rams in that Super Bowl, um, I was three sheets to the wind for the entire week of school. So I learned nothing. Listen, if I was a guy still kicking my dog after losses this year with the Cowboys, I'd be in jail, okay? So I, I don't do that anymore either, even though I'm a fan. I, you know, you get to a point where you realize, you know, it's, it's fun, it's entertainment, um, but, you know, you, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta stop at some point. But, I do think you you like the Seahawks in this game, and I sense why. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Don't don't go don't go have me making a pick on Tuesday because with a gun <laughs> in my head right now, and I was picking a winner or a loser. I would tell you the Carolina Panthers. I have not looked at any type of point spread. I typically don't do that early in the week. Uh, I do that later. So with a gun in my head, if this game was pick 'em, and again, I don't know what it is, uh, I would yeah. take Carolina. I'm just saying going to be a hard for win for the home team that was 14 and and 15 and 1 on the season. It's not going to be a cakewalk, you know. So and, and you know one other thing I have to say about our segment with Sap that I always enjoy. If he was a pitcher, he would strike me out cuz man, he surprises me sometimes. You know, I figured, you know, here comes Warren Sap. I'm going to ask him who had a better dynasty, you know, the Hurricanes that he loves, you know, and with their four, or or Nick Saban's, you know, Crimson Tide and he doesn't even hesitate and says Nick Saban's Crimson Tide. That that actually surprised me. Well, if he's anything, Amal, he's a realist. And sometimes people don't enjoy that fact about him. But uh, no one can ever say that he's phony. He's going to give it to you real. And uh, that would be within minutes of just meeting you. I mean, look how real he's been with you. And you just met doing this show with him this year. So um, he's going to always give you, he's going to shoot from the hip. What you see is what you get with him. Uh, let's close this out with a with a phone call. It's our 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 most regular caller and our most beloved caller. Matt, man, you want to turn that TV down back there? Uh, my TV up loud, man. Yeah, hella loud. What you got going on back there? Oh, uh, nothing, man. You know, just uh, waiting to see what this president say tonight because uh, it's his last year going out the door. Yeah, I know, and you can you can best believe that whatever he said will be the worst thing in the world for people who don't like him. Already, you already know that social media will be a buzz, taking every word that he says and twisting in it. But I'm not. Let's not turn this into a political show. By the way, uh, happy New Year! Though we're twelve. Happy days New Year, Les. Yeah, 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 yeah. We in it. We in it. <laughs> How the Lions doing in the playoffs? Uh freaking, freaking. What? What? Who's talking about? Hey, they did play. By the way, they did finish up. I mean, I'm not being I'm not being sarcastic here. They they played well at the end of the year. What what the hell happened there? It was like two different seasons for the Lions. Um, uh, 
How about we sign Robert Griffin? <laughs> yeah, Robert Griffin. So? How about that? You don't like Stafford, huh? <laughs> hey, no, look. I would take Stafford, Brett Hoyer, um, Turk Cousins, Joe Flucco, and, and I take all their checks. I guarantee you. Wait, 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 wait. What's wrong with Joe Flacco? Oh my God! Oh, that guy getting paid way too much, man. He sucks. He sucks. Are you kidding I'm, me? I'm being, I'm look at what that guy sucks. Season, rethink that. Hey man, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Ray Lewis and that defense, that guy wouldn't exactly. be in the NFL anymore. Oh my goodness, you better go check that guy's record in the playoffs and how he's performed: uh, touchdowns, hey, interceptions, hey, 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 hey man, hey, he he got lucky. He he likes Stafford. He just <laughs> threw the ball in the air and he had good receivers go get the ball. Come on, man. Well, you having bloody marys with your cereal out there? He had no, no Calvin. No, man. Hey man, he had he had Tory Smith, he had the the the, 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 yeah, the right. kid What's number twelve. Uh, Wait a still, second, everybody's allowed to have a everybody's allowed to have a wide receiver. I mean, what's the quarterback gonna do? Throw it to himself? Yeah, I mean, especially no, 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 no. But hey, y'all, y'all sitting there trying to make it. Hey, Joe Joe Flacco will not make the Hall of Fame. Okay. Hey, so, one more. Well, hey, one a lot of people don't make the Hall of Fame. That doesn't make him a bad player. Ah, he sucks. I think he sucks. I think he sucks. <laughs> well, there the other it is. ones I might the other ones I might agree with you on. I'm not so sure I'd throw Cousins under that bus. I mean, you know, <laughs> let's give him another year. Let's let's see what oh, he well, can do. I mean, he I, had a good I, year. He go, he had a he had a decent year. Let's let's see what he do next year. I mean, he scares me, man. I'm just I'm just I'm just being honest, man. Seven, like his last performance shows who he really is. <laughs> so I mean, take it for what it's worth. Well, Sap corrected me on that, and Chad did too. I mean, Cousins wasn't the problem on Sunday. You know, the fact that they, you know, they were allergic to playing any defense was the problem. I mean, Cousins really wasn't bad Sunday. I mean, if you look at the game, I mean, he wasn't great well, by any means. He wasn't. But he, wasn't he, was, he wasn't. He wasn't great. He wasn't bad. Everybody goes through adversity when. You know, stuff like that happens. I mean, yes, the defense didn't show up like they normally do. They looked like they were playing a decent game, and it just got out of hand. Um, I mean, it's a personal thing with me, man, with some of these guys. I mean, by them being Michigan State Spartans, you expect a little bit. You expect a little bit more of them, and um, sometimes they don't have the resolve that it takes to, you know, to, you know, consider themselves as one of those, you know, uh, a playoff champion. I mean. They're not hey, so give Brady me your thoughts on Connor Cook then. Scared of him too, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, here, 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 here it is a big game against uh, Alabama. Yes, the receivers dropped a lot of balls, but when when you when you have an opportunity to capitalize and score in a big championship game that to give you a, the the confidence that you can play against this team, just like how Clemson played last night. After that first score. They scored. They felt like they could play with Alabama, and they made it a competitive game. And that's what people want to see. It's just eventually um, the cornerback, number 21, if you look at the film, he was trying to tackle number 88 ankles on that on that little one that little one route on the fourth and some, third and something, and the dude got a fourth down and went like 18 yards up the field. I'm like, dude, he didn't want to tackle that dude. He, he was afraid to tackle that dude, and he's a freshman. Number two, it got out the game because he pulled his hamstring, and they realized there's a young young dude on the edge, and they used it against him. I mean, he didn't want to tackle the number 88. 
And I mean, Wait, it went well, before you time. go off on Connor Cook and, and Michigan State, let me bring you back to that. I, I think, to be fair, in retrospect, because Chad and I both like Michigan State in that game, but in looking back at it, I, I think Michigan State was more tailor-made offensively for Alabama. I mean, we said that on the show yesterday when we were handicapping this game. You know, basically, you got a quarterback who goes into his five, you know, five-step drop. They know where to find him. He's going to be in the same spot every time. And that's not really what gives Alabama problems historically. It's the guy that last night. Yeah. So the, the guys that move around in the pocket. Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so but I don't still, think it's I mean, fair to Connor Cook. I just don't think he's he, he's just not the right guy to play against that defense. Well, unfortunately, he's gonna. Yeah. It, it's unfortunately, but the thing about it is that you're gonna you're going to the next level on Sunday, and everybody's everybody's a high level guy. So you're not looking at. Oh, he's a freshman and he's a sophomore and he's a senior and he's getting drafted. That doesn't matter in the NFL. He will do the same things in the NFL. He will make he will make bad decisions. I mean, by throwing certain passes. I mean, because like you said, he's a, he's a pocket passer quarterback. I mean, he he's gonna have to change his style a little bit. I mean, and that's what a lot of them have to do at the next level. So. I mean, I like him as a, a player, but I mean, sometimes he's inconsistent. And I mean, I I can say that about Kirk Cousins, Brett Hoyer, Joe Flacco, and Matthew Stafford. I mean, sometimes you you get them all in a game, and you're thinking that they're about to make a big play. And I mean, when you have when you have outstanding receivers that you can throw the ball up to, and they go get the ball, like an Anquan Bolden or a Calvin Johnson, of course you're going to make your stats be great. And you you look like a Hall of Famer, and you know everyone says, that, "Oh, he's the next man." He's not, and I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat. Well, you know, Chad Chad touched on a point, and he says this all the time with quarterbacks: their most important job is decision making. And I think sometimes, going back to a guy that you're not so fond of, Matthew Stafford, it's hard to coach that out of a guy because here's a guy who came into the league. He's always had a big arm. He thinks he can throw the ball into any window. And a lot of times that's where he gets himself in trouble. I mean, sure, he'll make some highlight film throws over the course of a season, and you'll say, wow, what a throw, you know, in between him and Calvin Johnson. They've done that over the years. They've produced some pretty pretty exciting plays. But he'll also throw some of those picks that just have you scratching your head and losing football games. So, you know, I see your point there with him. I, I, I agree. That, that's a, the biggest concern that I have about him. And, yes, he has great stats. You can throw for 5,000 yards every year. And yes, you have a high, you know, touchdown to passer rating. I mean, yes, I think he's a talented kid. But like I said, when it comes to when it comes to the end, what do you do? How do you perform as a big as one of these big name athletes? And you're not on that stage yet. And I mean, I'm just being honest. I, I mean, I'm a I'm a diehard Lions fan, and it hurts sometimes when you see some of the decisions you make. I mean, we were six and. Six and zero last year, going to a six game homestand. The dude lose four out of the six. <laughs> I mean, Let me you ask you this: Would, you, like would you be for the Lions applying for relocation to Los Angeles? Hell no, <laughs> man! You crazy? Wow! Are you for real? No. Hey, man, I don't know. Why, I why just, I, you know, I just wanted I, to be, I, be closer I, to where I, you I, are. You could go I, see I them. Hey, I know what's in L.A., man. Any professional team going to L.A. is going is, is going to be some great things and it's going to be some bad things. So just get ready. <laughs> it, listen, it's hard. It's hard to be a professional football team in Los Angeles. People... Uh, I, I, absolutely, and you competing with the Lakers and now the Clippers. So 
Don't think. Don't well, think and, that and, you're, going, and you're also competing on Saturday with 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 the, for money. You're competing with two large, large universities, USC and UCLA, that draw a lot of people on Saturday. So it's hard to get the same people to come back out on Sunday. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of poor people in LA. <laughs> if, if, if all three if all three of those teams relocate, I mean, it's gonna be some some a lot of people moving to different states, and it's gonna get it's gonna get real crazy because you're gonna look in the stands and be like, how the hell are they getting fans in every week? I mean, how, how are you gonna play three teams on Sunday? There's only gonna be Nine two left. They they said the pretty much the league said they're gonna pick two out of the three. Yeah, you can't have three um, teams. Can't can't well, do that. If, if, if you got if you got two out of the three, so what you gonna do? Move Minnesota and San Diego there? <laughs> it looks like Rob, my guess is, and I've been saying this, and I've read some stuff and shared it with Chad. I've said all along, I think it'll end up being the Rams and Chargers. I, I don't think they're gonna have the Raiders go back there. Um, I think the Rams have ties to the city. The owner from Los Angeles is the wealthy uh, from St. Louis is the wealthiest owner in the league. He's an architect from Los Angeles. I have a feeling with their Southern California ties, they'll go back. And I think the Chargers can keep a lot of that San Diego fan base, although they'll be pissed off. It's only an hour, hour and a half up the freeway to see the game. So I think that they can, you know, I just don't see two teams from the same division, the Chargers and Raiders, being moved to the city. I just don't. That, that, yeah, that was, I think it'll end up. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting. But that's something we'll have to follow down the road. All right, man, we got to wrap this up, man. Good to hear from you, Les. And uh, keep doing yeah, your yeah. thing out there in the desert. Oh, man, you know we trying, man. We train. We train. Y'all keep doing y'all thing, man. Have a happy new year. Hey, man, I love what y'all doing, man. Staff is a, is exciting, man, to hear, man. I, 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 I wish one day I can get in and ask a few questions, but. It's exciting to hear Gridiron Studs. Continue to do what y'all doing, man. Thanks. Same to you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling. All All right. right. That's uh, Lester Johnson from We Train Performance uh, out there in Arizona. Always a great call. Well, listen, man, uh, we come to the end of another one. We got it done today. Mr. Sapp was on here talking with us about the uh, college football playoffs and the NFL. What do you call this weekend coming up? The, the greatest weekend of football until, of course, we get the next weekend, which is a greater weekend, basically. Yeah, we'll see what he says about that. But nevertheless, uh, we got it done. We're all wrapped up. We got to go into this swoon now where there's no more college football. What are you going to do? How are you going to cope? I'm 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 depressed for a few days. Then then I'll snap out of it. I'll call you and have you pump me up. Yeah, we're all left. I think it's, what, some 230-something days, I guess, maybe until – um, college football returns. I might be wrong on that number, but if it's September high, third, Alabama, Alabama, and USC. I have it circled on my calendar. Oh well, there you go. Your very early, way too early uh, prediction for next season. We'll see how that changes as the uh, months go by. Nevertheless, we want to thank you all for listening to this Tuesday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. If you love the Gridiron Stud Show. Be sure to tell someone, because the more the merrier. You can follow us also now on iTunes. Please subscribe to us. Just look up Gridiron Studs Show on iTunes and the uh, in the iTunes store. Go there and find us. Subscribe. You can get all our podcasts if you're not able to listen to us live. Uh, we do prefer that you listen to us live. But if you can't, because we know life gets in the way, go to iTunes and you can subscribe to our podcast. And as always, you can follow us on the, the on Twitter at Gridiron Studs or follow my co-host here at E. Calamino, 
you got a lot of homework to do, so go do all those things. We want to thank you all for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. For Amo Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. See you guys tomorrow. Recruiting Roundtable, tomorrow night. Be here. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.